Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'll be reading out of the book of Exodus chapter 14. I feel to get right to the word today. My God. This is a two, two hanky service. I went through my first hanky and they brought me another hanky. Man. She. God is good. The Lord assigned me a thought this morning to share with you. And that thought is this, that your miracle is in the movement. And with the help of God today, I plan to release this word. Often when we look to God and we think, God, if you love us, why would you put us in an adverse situation? If you loved me, why would you have allowed my loved one to die? If you loved me, why would you have allowed me to have such hardship in my marriage, such hardship in my home? Why would you have allowed them to lay me off and to... Tell me to leave a job that I've invested years in. But I heard the Lord in my prayer time release this to my thoughts that we can't grow if we don't continue to go. And I want you to write that down somewhere in your Bible or in your journal because I feel a word for this Pentecostal church this morning that we can't grow if we don't go. Some of us don't want to go because we appreciate images more than reality. I'm going to say that again. Some of us don't want to grow because we prefer the image instead of the reality. And if I'm forced to grow, if I'm forced to grow, I'll have to shatter the thing that I have used to protect me. And the Lord began to speak to me, and, it, and it's just a strong word about fear this morning. I, I, I didn't know direction entirely until this moment, but fear, fear not only affects the body, it not only affects the mind, but it causes us to reject fruitful collaboration. It causes me to reject fruitful advancements and opportunities. When fear gets a hold of me, I will want to keep at a hand's distance, an arm's distance from the very thing that God is trying to use to usher me into my blessing. Fear can trigger things. Stay with me. Fear can trigger heartbreak, disappointment. Fear can trigger lost opportunity. And it can cause fear to set into your mind when you are exposed again to a trigger. Mm. That what God has planned 
will only work for us if we keep moving even when fear tries to set in on us. We must use the tools that God has given us and equipped us with, and we must move. The miracle is in our movement. Say that out loud. The miracle is in our movement. Turn with me to Exodus 14, a familiar text. And I preface this that this is the text of which the children of Israel are with Moses and they are running for their life. <clears throat> they have just left Egypt and they're coming to the Red Sea in front of them. And the hoofbeat of Pharaoh is upon them. And they reach a point where they're mad at their leader. And they're upset at the situation. And they say things like, we should have just stayed in Egypt. We could have ate from the flesh pots. We could have ate the leeks and the garlic. If you just had left us there, we wouldn't be in the mess we're in right now. Look over and nudge a neighbor and tell them we all have a mess. Now look to the other person and say they got a bigger mess than you. <laughs> we all have a mess. In Exodus chapter 14 and verse 15, this is the one scripture that I want to bring you to is because it's in this conversation that Moses is having with God and he's complaining and he's saying, God, I don't know what to do. This is the conversation. Then the Lord answered back and said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Tell the people to get moving. This is another opportunity to nudge somebody and tell them get moving. Get out of that seat of complacency. Get out of that lethargy spirit. Get out of that clearance rack mindset. Get moving. I want you to understand that we are living in a time where many people are full of fear. In fact, if you take the word fearful, that word fearful can be translated to full of fear. You could say that if somebody is fearful, <laughs> that they are full of fear. And fear does stuff to your body. Fear can harm your physical body. If you live under a constant fear, even though it is an emotion, it can actually take its toll on your body. Fear can affect your physical health. It can weaken your immune system. It can affect your digestive tract. It can do damage to your cardiovascular system. Fear does stuff that doctors can detect in your body that you have no reason to be sick and yet your body is responding to something that the doctors cannot detect. They're just seeing the effects of the fear that is in your body. Irritable bowel syndrome. All kinds of stuff happens to you. Decreased fertility. 
because you're afraid, because your body is taking all of your blood and directing it toward fight or flight. In increasing your eyesight so you can see better so that your legs can run swifter. Fear can control you. The blood that normally feeds your body and functions is fleeing because you have now moved because of fear into a fight or flight mode. So fear takes a toll on you because your instinct, your primal instinct, if you will, is to flee or to fight. But fear doesn't just take a toll on your body. It also takes a toll on your mind. There is a word that I want to give you out of Webster's Dictionary. It is amygdala. Amygdala is a part of the limbic system, a neural network that mediates many aspects of your emotion and your memory. Everyone say amygdala. I'd say none of you have named your children this and probably have not used this word in your conversation this past week. But amygdala is the part of you that can remember stuff. Emotions that are attached to memory. Oh my. I, we're going to have a hard time this morning. Emotions that are attached to the memory cells in your body. When you recall something in your memory, an emotion can sweep in. And your amygdala can get hijacked. Your brain perceives everything differently when you are afraid. Come on, somebody. When you're afraid, your brain begins to perceive that you are under attack. You cannot trust your judgment when you are afraid. You can't see positive when you're afraid. <clears throat> because everything is negative when you're fearful. It affects everything about your decisions when you are afraid. We used to call this paranoia. And we would say this about folks, oh, they're just paranoid. And is there anybody here today that's ever just been paranoid? Now, you don't all have to raise your hand. <clears throat> and please don't point at anybody. But we all know some people that stay in a paranoid mindset. The phone rings and you jump. You hear a loud noise, and you jump. And you just have this overwhelming sense that something awful is about to happen because I have a memory that is attached to my emotion, and my amygdala is hijacked. And I come to a point where, oh, no, I have remembered what it felt like when I heard that. I was surprised, and some of you can't even stand a surprise birthday party. Because folks jumping out you, make, jumping out you, yelling surprise, makes you want to whip out a gun because you're in the hood. <laughs> Anxiety affects everything. And if you're up under it long enough, it'll cause your brain that is now hijacked to remember certain things like the, some, like the way something smelt or a sight or a sound, 
from your childhood, it'll take you right back to that moment, a certain perfume, a certain cologne, the cedar chest at grandma's house. A certain smell will take you back. Are you here? So you end up with, I'm believing, post-traumatic stress disorder. I'm not a doctor. I just play one on TV. <laughs> but I'm trying to get you to understand your memory hijacked takes you to a place where now you freak out every time you hear a certain sound or smell something, or you see someone coming, all this, you have a post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. It's over, but it's not over for you. It happened long ago, but you're still living it in your mind. And there are triggers that'll take you right back to that space and you will react from the trigger even though the problem is long gone. I want you to think about that because I think what I'm teaching right now has destroyed more marriages and more ministries than anything else we could talk about. It's not what's going on. It's that what is going on has triggered something that went on. Let me say that again. It's not what's going on. It's what is going on triggered something that went on. And now it all floods back into your mind. Nobody ever got destroyed by hoofbeats. But the sound of the hoofbeats trigger something that reminds us of the abuse of 400 years in Egyptian bondage. The hoofbeats didn't hurt you, but the hoofbeats triggered something, my God, that reminded you of the abuse you came up under. Uh, the hellish hand that used to beat you. The mouths of Satan that used to curse you as a child. And Pharaoh, listen to me, Pharaoh can't actually, he hasn't actually hurt anybody, but they heard him coming. And because they heard him coming, they were struck with terror on the inside. Are you here? The Bible tells us that the enemy of your soul, the devil, Lucifer, Slewfoot, no good. Are you here? Toothless. He roams about seeking whom he may devour. And yet John said in John 8, that he is the father of every lie. He's not just a liar. He's the father of lies. Somebody ought to say amen to that. Let me tell you, he is not just a liar. He's the father of lies. And do you know that a lie can also trigger something up on your mind? And when he brings up something into your mind that could happen and you remember something that 
did happen. It's almost that it's happening again. It's all, it's going to happen again. They're coming for me again. It's going to happen. I hear somebody turning the doorknob now. And all of a sudden, we overreact in a situation. And people who haven't been through what you've been through don't understand why you are flipping out and going spastic on everybody. But it is a trigger. And that trigger has caused something to to happen in your mind that is bringing a horrified memory into your spirit. And it don't always have to be the sound of hoofbeats and a horse coming. It could be heartbreak. Oh, here we go again. It could be disappointment. There's the trigger. It could be I lost the job. There's the trigger. It could be a lost opportunity for your business. There's the trigger. And all of a sudden, instead of being rational and saying, well, I'm going to have to find me another job. We say, no, I'm just going to have to kill myself because this is too much. Or, oh God, my life is over. I'm cursed. Nothing ever goes right for me. And you start spazzing out on everybody. And Pharaoh hasn't even touched you. You have only heard the sound of hoofbeats. And your life and your joy and your peace. Your amygdala has been hijacked. The opportunity that you have to be happy right now because it keeps dragging you back into something that you are already out of. And the Bible says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And one of the things that he will do, hear me, is steal the peace of where you are with the threat of where you've been. And all of a sudden, when you hear the hoofbeats coming, it's not that he's got you, but it reminds you that he used to have you. And all of a sudden, it's as if you're already dead. I wish I had some praisers in this house that would remember where God brought you from and how far God reached to pull you out of the mess you were in. I know none of us are perfect. And none of us have had our act together all the time. But there is a power that came from God that pulled me out of the pit. It was a horrible pit. And God said, I've come to give you life. And not only life, I want you to take that life and live it in abundance. You're lifting. You're listening to where you were, not where you are. you got to praise God that where you are is not where you were. Turn with me to Exodus 14 and go on to verse 10. Go back and the Bible says this. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. And they cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. That's what people say when they don't want to be pulled out of their dysfunction. That's why some people don't get healed. Because if they ever got healed, they wouldn't have anything to post about. 
Look at your neighbor and say, leave me alone. He said, leave, we said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. This is God's people. This is Israel, which is the modern day church. <laughs> and now they're cursing where they're at and wishing for where they've been. Cursing where they're at and wishing for where they've been. Saying, why don't you just leave us alone? If you just left us in Egypt, why didn't you just leave us where we just, I mean, we just got through praying to get out of it. <laughs> you should have just left us there. Because listen, if you're not careful, fear will cause you to be stuck. Who am I talking to? I'm talking to somebody. Somebody is getting ready to take a step in the next dimension. And God is getting you ready right now for something. And he needed you to hear this message today. Nudge somebody and say, don't get stuck. Because if you get stuck, fear will paralyze you. Fear will shut you down. Fear will immobilize you. Fear can make you run, a, a run from everybody and run everybody away, even the people who are assigned to help you because you are so full of fear and can't trust nobody, but the fear that you might get hurt again if you let your guard down. That's why people say, just get out, just pack your stuff and get your rusty tail out of here. You just like my daddy. Go on, get on out of here. I'm not going through this again. I've already been through this. And fear will make you drive away the people who are trying to help you. And so the Israelites are mad at Moses, mad at the pastor, mad at the leader, mad at the boss. The Israelites are mad at Moses. And I want you to understand this, write it down, that your perception of who's with you and who's against you can be disrupted by fear. When fear hijacks you, and your emotions are now attached to your memory cells. Your amygdala is hijacked. Now you don't know the difference between who's for you and who's against you. I'm preaching to somebody. Fear of rejection. Fear of disappointment. Fear of failure. So I'm afraid to try, so I'm not going to try at all. Fear of failing. I may not be able to make the climb, so I'm not going to climb at all. Fear of being defeated. So I'm not going to fight at all. And there are a lot of you, you're not as passive as everyone else thinks. You're not really passive at all. You're even not apathetical as they try to define you. It's just that you are at a moment in your life where you are afraid 
to fall. You are afraid that you will fall down. So maybe I shouldn't climb because I'm afraid of falling. If I don't climb, then I won't fall. If I don't go, I won't have to look back or go back. If I'm a slave, I won't have to deal with leadership issues. I just let somebody else feed me from the flesh pot. Let somebody else keep taking care of me. Let somebody else keep beating me with a chain every day and making me work under the hot Mediterranean sun in Pharaoh's brickyard. At least I could lay down. Oh, I had lice in my hair, but at least I could lay down and I could have somebody paying my bills. Oh, I wish I could preach to a church that's mature this morning. I'm telling you, the enemy will rack you with fear and tell you it would have been better for me to stay in sin. It would have been better for me to get hooked up with all my buddies. At least I had money. At least I had some fake friends. At least I come to tell you, don't you dare go back to what God delivered you from. Don't you dare go back to what God delivered you from. And all you who are married and doing life the Bible way, don't you let what other people are doing make you want to go back to your single life. People who are shacking up won't get married so they can play the government systems and get benefits and extra money. Oh, don't let that trigger cause you to forsake what you know is the right way. Preach like that, pastor. They won't stick with you. You're a tither. And you see all these people out here who don't tithe, going on constant vacations, but don't tithe. Constant getaways, but don't tithe. Buying new toys, but don't tithe. All the time showing off, but don't tithe. Don't let someone else's disobedience or appearance of success trigger you to do the same, or you will end up in Egypt with a bag that has holes in it. Ah, preach, pastor. And all of a sudden, the sights and the sounds and the smells become triggers that make us forfeit what God has in front of us. And yet, in spite of all of this, in spite of what fear's done to our mind, in spite of what fear's done to the body, in spite of the fear that's caused circumstances in our life, the Bible said God is going to get some glory out of this. Now, I want to say that God is going to get some glory out of what you've had to go through, trigger or no trigger, fear and torment or none. And I want you to think about whatever your this is, whatever this is to you that you had to overcome to stand where you are right now, even if your knees are wobbly. And even if you feel like you don't have enough strength, you got to hold the pew even when you stand because of just one slip and you're down. But you're here and you made it and you're on the wake-up list and you're breathing this morning and you're here today. I wish somebody, God, give God, I'm a here praise. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I didn't have to wake up, but I'm here. I'm here. Come on, give him a praise. I'm here. 
That's a crazy praise. Somehow God is going to get glory out of my situation. Some God, God is going to turn it around for my good. Sometime God is going to walk on the wings of the wind and come to my rescue. Somehow God is going to make my enemy run. Somehow God is going to heal me in my hour of decision. Whatever your this is, give God praise because God is going to get some glory. Hey, give him 20 seconds of crazy praise. You know why I got you praising? Because you need to break free. You need to break free from the paralysis that is upon your mind and the side you are stuck in. Quit worrying, quit being upset, and quit having mood swings. Give God praise. Hey. High five two people before you're seated and say, I come to give God praise today. I'm going to praise God till I get my family back. I'm going to praise God till I get my courage back. I'm going to praise God till I get my strength back. I'm going to praise God till I get my fight back. I'm going to praise God till I get my sense of direction back. I'm going to praise God till I can get up off the floor. I'm going to praise God and start running the race that God has for me. Somebody praise him. Tell your neighbor, keep moving. Keep moving. Oh, my, my. Turn to that person that won't praise and say, I'm praising for you right now. I'm praising for you. I feel like preaching this morning. Pastor, Pastor Terry Bates told me Wednesday night, he said, well, them people are easy to preach to. I said, they, they sure are. Go back to this text for a minute. Moses, now look at here. Moses is talking to God because sometimes you won't have anyone else you can talk to. He can't talk to Pharaoh because Pharaoh's chasing him. He can't talk to the Israelites because they all mad at him and have blocked him on Facebook. Go ahead and laugh. And sometimes the most fearful place, the worst part of the fear is that you don't have anyone else to talk to. And maybe I wouldn't be so afraid if I could just talk about it. And Moses has nobody to talk to. So the Bible said he cried out to God. Here's what the Lord said to me. The best prayer meetings come out of the worst situations. You don't have a great prayer meeting just because it's Monday night or Sunday morning. You have a great prayer meeting in your life because all hell is breaking loose. You have a great prayer meeting because Pharaoh is after you. No matter if you're a quiet person, a reserved person, if you get in enough trouble, 
If you get in enough trouble, and trouble is trying to get you, I don't care if you're a Baptist, a Methodist, Episcopalian, or a Pentecostal, you will cry out to God. You will lift your voice and say, God, help me in my hour. I wish I had a witness in this place. Right, Help me in my hour right now. And Moses is looking up to God like, I didn't sign up for this, God. Have you ever told God, God, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't ask for all this stuff to be happening in my life. I didn't ask for cancer. I didn't ask for betrayal. I didn't ask for the divorce. I didn't ask for the bankruptcy. I didn't ask for them to fire me. I didn't ask for this. All this stuff that's happening in my life. You didn't tell me I was going to get in school. And when I got in school, my parents were going to divorce. I didn't sign up for that. You didn't tell me that my husband or my wife was going to cheat on me. I didn't sign up for this. You didn't tell me that my baby was going to be born deformed. Because what I've learned about God, Sister Price, is he doesn't always fill you in on the details. He don't always tell you all the details. Just go down there and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. That sounds good. But he didn't mention to me they were going to try to kill me when I do it. Them kind of little details will help a brother out. I need some details. I would kind of like to know if you're going to assign 600 hitmen on me before I ever get started. I would really like a heads up on this. God didn't sign up for this. And he looks up to God and says, God, what am I supposed to do? I don't have nobody. All the people are mad at me and they want to throw me under the bus. I can't even leave my tent. I'm afraid to come down off this mountain. They're going to stone me. The people you sent to help me, they don't even like me. The people that I'm trying to help they don't like me at all. My own child don't like me. My mama don't like me. Come on, somebody. My daddy don't like me. The pastor don't like me. <laughs> the people who are supposed to be on my team aren't liking me. I don't have, I don't, my mind is fighting all these devils. I mean, I don't mind fighting devils if at least the people that are on my team would help me and not fight against me. But what do you do when the very people that you are trying to help no longer appreciate you? Don't appreciate and say thank you for anything that that you do for them. I don't mind fighting the enemy, but I don't expect that I have to fight them too. I thought they were supposed to be on my team. Oh, let me preach to somebody. God says the strangest thing to him. God says uh, the strangest thing. He calls on God to help and God does absolutely nothing. Now they don't preach this from the pulpit very much. They preach sermons where you're called on the Lord and the Lord moved. And God answered by fire. And God sent the wind. And the still small voice. That's what they preach on. And you went to your mailbox. Hey, a $100 check. <laughs> that's what they preach about. Sister Karen, that's what they preach about. 
They preach about cards and letters rolling in. And news, when you get saved in 30 days, you're going to have a Rolls Royce. <laughs> but I don't really need you to tell me what to do when I call on God and he moves. I need you to tell me what to do when I call on God and he don't do anything. When I call on God and he does nothing. What do you do when you ask God to heal and he doesn't? What do you do when you ask God for prosperity but they come and take your car? What do you do when things are not turning out the way that you have them in your mind? Here's what you do. You keep it moving. You keep it moving. Are you here with me today? I'm saying you today, sometimes the power of God can only be released in your life when you keep it moving, when you just move on. If you don't move, God can't work. The enemy's trying to shut you down and trying to leave you paralyzed, but the Lord said, I don't care what triggers you hear. I don't care what sounds you hear. Tell the people, keep moving. I come to tell you post-pandemic Pentecostal church, I don't care what we hear and the trigger says and the fear and the emotion, I come to tell you, keep on moving. God has called us to keep it moving. I need somebody to stand on your feet, give somebody a high five next to you and say, keep it moving. Tell the people, keep it moving. Remain standing all across this building. God told me to tell you to keep it moving. I know you're scared. Listen to me. But keep it moving. I know the enemy is playing your triggers. But keep it moving. I don't know what the outcome of the situation is going to be. But I heard the Lord say, Keep it moving. I know you wish I could clear the tank of all your enemies, but God said keep it moving. And I, I know God knows what you need. And I know what it takes, God said, to keep you fresh. And I know what it takes to get the glory out of your life. But in order for that to happen, you've got to keep it moving. Pay attention. Keep it moving. And it's my job to be God. That's what he says. It's his job to be God and it's your job to keep it moving. Somebody just slip your hand up and say, keep it moving right here. I started preaching when I was 16 years old. I'm just about 51, and I'm still here. Some thought, some thought I'd never make it. Sister Veda, some said he'll never make it a week, but I'm still here. I haven't arrived anywhere, but I'm still running my race. I'm still moving. I kept moving when I was broke. Tim and Christy, I kept moving when I had some money. 
I kept moving when things went right, and I went, kept moving when things were bad. I kept moving when I had faith. I kept moving when I was scared out of my mind. I kept moving. And I hear the Lord saying today to this congregation, I know you're scared, but keep moving. Keep moving. What I've got planned for you will only work if you keep moving. With your hand raised, God said, what I've got planned for you will only work if you keep moving. God's got something down the road that's going to fix your problem. But you've got to get in the right place in order for the plan of God to activate. If you stop where you are, he can't get the glory out of your life. But if you keep moving down the road, he's got a setup for you. Everything that you ever thought could happen, God said, I'll turn it for your good and bring you out on the other side. Who am I preaching to today? I'm trying to get you to understand that, that Pharaoh tried to stop them. Pharaoh could have grounded them where they were. He could have overtook them. If they had stopped where they were, he would have destroyed them. But their miracle was in their movement. 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 I just keep going to church because the miracle is in my movement. I keep raising my kids to know the Lord because the miracle is in the movement. Somebody say yeah. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center.